Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we were offering six conversations from Season 3, Episode 25, four from our review of NASH Drug Development in 2022 with Stephen Harrison, and two from our Extrasode, a summary of Madrigal Pharmaceuticals' presentation at this spring's Liver Connect meeting. This conversation kicks off with Stephen Harrison noting that the development pathway for drugs to be approved is still pretty much what it's been. Histopathology read the same way looking at safety and efficacy and tolerability in most of the ways they've done historically. From there, he goes back through all the drugs that are in trial right now, the 5 in Phase 3 and those in 2B and 2A, and what we're learning from them as they go along. What we see is the breadth of modes of action in play and where things are on the pathway. When the next conversation begins, you'll hear Jorn Schottenberg note about how impressive this list is and Stephen's ability to describe it is unparalleled. The entire drug development dialogue, including this conversation, linked actual drug development as it continues this year to some of the issues that will determine how much we learn and how well these trials suit the purposes of all the key stakeholders. It's a broad look at a pivotal issue led by the irrepressible and insightful Dr. Harrison. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. When you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. One of the questions I've started to get by email is, why aren't you guys talking more about drug development? So since we had Stephen with us this week, and uh, Stephen is, in the words of Mazen Nouradine, the Duke of Drugs, this seemed like the perfect time to ask the question, what do we expect from drug development in 2022? And why haven't we talked about it more? So with that, I put together three questions that I will have up on my screen in just a second. But the first one is just from where we sit right now, what does the pathway to drug approvals in NASH look like? And then the second is going to be, so what have we learned about that pathway so far this year? And what do we expect to learn the rest of this year? And if we can get through all that, I think this was a pretty good episode. Stephen, why don't I give you the floor first? Stephen Harrison. So the pathway to drug development in 2022 has not changed. It still requires a phase three trial showing histopathologic improvement. So a liver biopsy is still required and the endpoints are the same. So NASH resolution without worsening of fibrosis or fibrosis improvement without worsening of NASH. You could do both endpoints. You, you need to make the distinction between a co-primary and a dual primary. So Madrigal, in their press release, I'll use this as an example from last week, mentioned that they now are pulling fibrosis improvement up into a primary endpoint along with NASH resolution. That's a co-primary endpoint. It doesn't impact alpha. There's no alpha spend because you have an either-or situation. It's not a dual primary where you have to hit both. And I think that's an important distinction as well. But just the pathway to drug development in 2022 is, is very similar than what it was in 2021. There was a caveat that came out that was worth a, a brief little mention, and that is in the press release with Madrigal, it was noted that Madrigal had met with the FDA and they actually decided to follow the FDA's lead in developing a phase three trial in well-compensated NASH cirrhosis patients. Now, what this does is it will be done in parallel with their phase three Maestro NASH program, which is the registrational trial. Now that trial, as you know, is fully enrolled with an expected readout in Q3 of this year. Their non-invasive trial, Maestro NAF1, is also a phase three trial. They reported top-line data in a press release January 31st of this year, and I'll be presenting the top-line data at Easel in London next month. So you have 
the non-invasive phase three, you have the registrational trial phase three, and now there's going to be Maestro Nash outcomes is the name of the trial, but it's in a cohort of around seven or 800 well-controlled Nash cirrhotics, so well-compensated. What happens when you do that is you can swing your enrollment away from your Maestro Nash trial. In other words, historically, the idea is that you enroll about a thousand patients in a registrational component of that trial, and then you continue to enroll about another thousand patients, and you follow all 2,000 of those patients or so out to an outcome, which could be four, five, six years. The idea being if you now switch to enrolling a well-compensated NASH cirrhotic trial, you, you follow those people to an outcome and you still follow all the people you've enrolled in the registrational trial to an outcome, but you no longer have to continue to enroll in the registrational trial arm. So you shift to a population that is expected to hit an outcome sooner. So the idea being that it makes it a more efficient way to enroll phase three trials. So we'll see. This is the first time that's being done, and that probably is the biggest pivot we've seen in clinical trials in NASH in 2022, at least so far. So that was a bit of exciting and interesting news. And since it's been a while since we've really delved into where we are with drug development, maybe I'll give you just an update. When we look at the phase 2B paired histology trials that are either enrolling or fully enrolled in 2022. Uh, I'll, I'll just start with those that, that are fully enrolled. So there's Poxel's trial with PXL065, which is a mitochondrial pyruvate carrier modulator. That trial is fully enrolled. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the press release from the company is that that should read out sometime in the back half of this year, maybe as early as quarter three. Then there is also other study that's fully enrolled, and that's with North Sea's icosabutate, which is a structurally engineered fatty acid. And that trial is expected to read out sometime late Q4 of this year. In addition, Acaro has efruxafermin, which is an FTF21 agonist, and they have fully enrolled a phase 2B study in non-serotic F2F3 patients. And that should also read out in the back half of this year, I believe, also late Q3 or, or Q4. So from my perspective, those are the trials that we're expecting to hear from, the, the rather large phase 2B studies. There are many that are currently enrolling. Viking has a thyroid hormone receptor beta agonist that's enrolling. Sagimet has a FASN inhibitor. Excella has AXA1125, which is a combination of different amino acids. That trial is in phase 2B and enrolling. There is also 89Bio, which has an FGF21 agonist that's enrolling. There is a DGAT2 inhibitor trial in phase 2B with Ionis. The drug is ION224. And then there's additional studies with GOP1 GIPs. Lily has a terzepatide that is being looked at. Celgene has a JNK inhibitor that's enrolling. There's also liposine with its testosterone prodrug. So that's kind of what is currently enrolling in phase 2B or has fully enrolled and we're waiting on the outcome. So again, just in summary, 2022, we should be expecting to hear readouts from good-sized phase 2B trials. We should expect to hear something from Caro, from North Sea, from Poxel, and potentially others. But, but those, I think, for sure. Now, 
When we look at phase three and what potentially we're going to hear, as you know, there are five drugs currently in phase three. A RAM call is on hold, so we won't talk about them anymore for right now. But resmedarone, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we should be hearing from their registrational trial sometime in Q3 about uh, their top line results. Now, lanafibrinor, which is a pan-PPAR agonist, PPAR-alpha-delta-gamma, is currently underway enrolling their phase 3 trial. And semaglutide, a GLP-1 receptor agonist injectable, is also well underway enrolling their phase 3 trial. We will not hear about results from them this year because they are still enrolling, and it will likely be 2024 before we hear from them. In fact, if we look at a timeline for surrogate endpoint analysis from semaglutide or from lanafibrinor, probably going to be Q1 to Q2 of 2024 before we get that surrogate endpoint assessment. Now, we haven't given up on a beta-colic acid. That's the FXR agonist that has already read out its subpart H approvable endpoint, met it on fibrosis with an 11% treatment effect delta. However, due to some therapeutic index concerns, that drug was not approved. They didn't stop the study. The study continued. So many, many, many more patients have made it to that pivotal liver biopsy. And we have many patients now who have been on drug for quite a number of years. And so it's hopeful that Intercept will reevaluate the additional data, both from an efficacy and safety perspective, and potentially refile. And that we're, we're very hopeful might happen this year as well. So that's the phase 2B and phase 3 trials. I think it's worth noting some very key phase 2A trials. Now, these are early trials where we're really focused on safety and tolerability, but there usually is some study done to assess early efficacy, proof of concept, if you will. And these tend to be non-invasive endpoints. So we're not doing liver biopsies in these patients most of the time, but we're doing things like MRIs. We're looking at fibrosis biomarkers, ELF, Pro-C3. We're looking at liver chemistry test improvement, ALT, AST, etc. And so here we have a couple different FXR agonists. We have uh, TURNS 101 and INYO who have recently read out and we're very hopeful that they will continue onward in their development. Hepion is focused on cyclophilin inhibition. It's a pan-cyclophilin inhibitor and uh, that is has read out its non-invasive phase 2 and actually moving into a phase 2B trial later this year. We have High Tide, which is HTD-1801, which is a combination of berberine and ursodeoxycholic acid. They've read out their 2A as well, and we're waiting to see if they move in to a paired liver biopsy phase 2B trial. Miracorlent, which is a mixed agonist-antagonist of the growth receptor and mineralocorticoid receptor, that is underway in phase 2A. And there's also another FGF21 agonist with Boston Pharmaceuticals. And then quite a bit of work being done right now with GLP-1 receptor agonist in combination with glucagon agonist or a GIP. There's AstraZeneca has one, uh, Altimune has one, HandMe is another one. And then of course, the Galectin-3 inhibitor, Belapectin, which is an ongoing phase 2B3 trial. And that is a little bit different, that it uses an adaptive design, but the idea here being they want to prevent the development of esophageal varices. So that actually is the outcome being measured. So obviously to get into the trial, you can't have varices at baseline by endoscopy. And the 
idea is with treatment, there would be less development of varices compared to the placebo group. So maybe I'll stop there and hear what you guys have to say, and maybe you could add some color to that. But that's kind of my perspective of where we are with drug development in 2022 as it currently stands on May 16th. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next week with Stephen and Professor Quentin Anstey discussing what we've learned in the past year about non-invasive testing, histopathology, and best practices in diagnostics. Until then, stay safe and surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.